This is Tom Goolsby, and you are listening to Mastering Law, the podcast. It is great to have you with us today. What are we talking about? We're talking about dealing effectively with difficult clients. Let me tell you, I've had my share of them. Happy to report that the majority of my clients, large, large majority, wonderful people I've enjoyed representing over the years. Many of them have been repeat clients and have been my one of my best referral sources. My former clients and other attorneys, always your best referral sources if you are a good attorney. Now, let's talk about difficult clients. And before I get into that, I want you to realize there are some people who are so crazy, mentally ill, whatever the issue may be, that you cannot represent them. God forbid you don't realize that to begin with and you actually let them become clients and you have to be willing to fire them. In fact, if you remember the Pareto Principle, we've talked about it before, it's the rule that says, it's the 20-80 rule, that, and, and it can be 90-10, but it's a situation where you know 20% of your clients are going to give you 80% of your problems. It could be 10%. Hopefully it's 1% of your clients uh, are the ones who cause your problems and you have very few. But it's always going to be a small number. And I've advised plenty of people over the years. I've even told my staff, hey, let's pick the five clients we have that are giving us the most of our problems and we are getting rid of them. We are literally terminating our representation. We don't have enough time to deal with it. And I've, I've done that. Not a bad thing to do. But before we get there, okay, before we get to the point that we've got to terminate clients, let's figure out how we deal with them to begin with. Okay, the first and most important point is when they first come into your office, when you have your first dealings with them, you have got to explain how things work in your office. This is the way my office works. I do not allow you to call us eight times a day and read the riot act to us and demand constant updates. That's not the way things work. We will contact you when we need to tell you things. At a minimum, it'll be on X basis once a month, whatever it might be. And this is how we do it. Well, that's not good enough for me. I've, I've had people tell me that before at the beginning of my representation where I've felt, hey, this is a situation where this person wants complete, constant coddling. And I'll tell them, look, I'm a trial attorney. I'm in court every morning. When I get in in the afternoons, I have to catch up with what I'm doing. I don't have the ability to call you every single day and update you what's going on. We will send you a written memorandum from court. We'll do this, do that. And immediately when you hear that's not good enough, then this is what I do. Then I'm sorry, we can't help you. Now, a lot of times they'll back off from that. You can tell them the way that you do things, and this is the way it what works. But if you don't deal with that from the very beginning, at the intake level, and explain how contact is, what you will do, you have to lower expectations, and you have to be very firm in doing that if they have unreasonable ones. And it's not only with the amount of contact you'll have with them, what is the result of your case? I mean, people come in to see me and they've got significant criminal problems. 
and they want everything dismissed and an apology from the state, I'll look them right in the eye and say, are you kidding? What do you mean? Or, Am I kidding? I'm not kidding. Well, that sounds like a joke because you understand how serious this is. Do you understand the entire way that the state is coming after you? Do you understand that, you know, there are professional prosecutors, detectives, clerks, you know, I mean, there, there are all these people in the system that are moving this case along and that it is not going to get dismissed in short order and, it's, and you're not going to get an apology from anybody. It's going to be hard fought all the way through trial. Do you under, And if they don't, and again, sometimes people are delusional. Sometimes they're mentally ill. Sometimes they're just mean. And when you deal with those folks, you show them the door. You do not take them in. Now, a lot of the young attorneys listening to me may think, wait a minute, I'm fully trained, I'm tough, I can handle this, I'll deal with them. They will make your life a living hell. Some of these people have been doing this their entire lives, and you are just another person that will be on the battleground of folks they have slowly ground up. So, from the beginning, establish what you think can be done with their case. Here is the most likely outcome. Here's how long it will take. Here's what we need to do to make these things work. So what we need to do from there is to then set up the parameters. This is how you can contact me. This is what you need to do in order for me to have the information I need to move forward. This is how you're going to pay me and how I'm going to work. And if you don't pay me, I don't work. If you don't meet your monetary obligations, I get out of your case. I mean, you have to set all of those things up and do that firmly. You also have to have buy-in from your staff on the parameters that you set. That if you tell them they are not to call your office, you know, between X uh, hours, or they're not to call for updates on a daily basis, and they do so, your staff is not to deal with that. They are not to give in and go against you. So you set those parameters up not only for them, but also for your staff and also for yourself. Now, the first time that you deal with the difficult client and you deal with the outburst, you deal with the complaining about your bill, you deal with the phone calls at home or on your cell phone, the crazy text messages, the over-the-top screaming at your staff, coming in demanding to see you, you have to deal with it immediately. You have to deal with it head-on. You have to immediately address it, and you have to do so in the strongest way possible, up to firing them, showing them the door, making a copy of their file, and getting them out. Now, when you deal with those issues and you have effectively terminated a client, if you have to do that, there's some very good ways to deal with terminating your representation. The first is to immediately pull their file. You go through it. You sanitize the file. You give them all of their paperwork, the things that under your bar rules they are allowed to have. But if they're personal notes and things that are not theirs as far as the file goes, you remove those. 
You then send that material off to the printers to have it printed. You don't give them your file if they rush down to your office demanding to see it. You've already sanitized it. You've already sent it off to the printer's office. It will the copying office. It will be copied out outside your office. You're not going to sit there and have them steaming in a room while one of your staff is sweating it out and making copies. No, no, no. We've sent it off site. It's being copied. Where's it being copied? I demand. I'm going to go over there and get it. And you're like, no, you're not. You're going to leave my office right now. We're going to mail you your file. I need my file immediately. I demand it. I'm going to another attorney today. You're not getting it. You're going to get your file in the mail in a day or two as soon as it's been copied. We will send it to you. You can have it and take it to your next attorney. And you show them the door. And if they don't leave, your staff needs to understand that if they're really threatening, they just have to dial 911 and have the person charged with trespass if they won't get out of your office. Now, again, I've never had anybody go that crazy, but I have had them come to the office and demand their file, this, that, and the other. And these are the ones that I've just fired because they were too difficult. Now, make sure that your staff understands exactly what your procedures are so that they're not cringing in the back office holding on to a file or, God forbid, give the original file to the maniac client. They need to understand what your rules are, and you have to be out front to make it happen. Okay, that leads me into getting your staff out of the way and out of the line of fire. When you've got a maniac client that your staff is dealing with, and they are calling your staff, harassing them, making demands, and your staff's running around trying to be the person to please them, and you get any inkling of that at all. First off, if it's been going on other than this is the first call, you need to sit your staff person down, look them in the eye, and say, this will never happen again. You will never run around, not let me know what's going on, and not have me understand that you're being put through the ringer with a client who's acting like a maniac. That's not the way you're to handle things in this office. First and foremost, I'm to know what it is that's going on, what you're doing, why this person's acting this way. Now, it could be that your staff has screwed up. Maybe they haven't done what they promised to do. The best thing to do when things fall out with the staff one way or the other is to cut the staff person or persons out. Is to call the client and say, hey, I understand you have trouble with so-and-so. Yes, Jennifer said she'd get me this and I was supposed to have that and they haven't done this, they haven't done that and I can't get them to answer and own and You know what? Sorry about whatever's been going on. It's changing today. I'm handling things. Tell me what it is you need. You find out what they need, you send it to them. You then lay down the rules on how you're going to deal with them. And if they start giving you, I used to speak with her once a week. I demand to be able to get a review from you. You're like, not going to work that way. If this is a problem, let me know now. We will get your file together and you can go to someone else. And you might say, wait a minute, that's a good paying client. I can't do that. Well, then you are going to find yourself in a situation where you are under their thumb at this point and you will be for the future until and unless you fire them or they leave you. If that's the kind of situation you want to be in, then you're going to have to just accept that. I hope that you don't have any clients 
that are that difficult and that valuable to your operation because I'm afraid you've probably set yourself up in a very bad way in having to even take clients like that and then hold on to them because you think they are what is paying your bills. And if they are, you've got a really bad situation. And I honestly can't help you out with that without doing a total review of where you are in your practice, helping you dial that back and find another way to generate clients or perhaps another practice area. So get your staff out of the way, out of the line of fire, jump in and take it over. Now, here's a little caveat on the side, and this is something that will keep you out of trouble. It will keep your staff out of trouble. It will keep your office from getting sued and from having bar complaints be effective in any manner where you can do stupid things. Do not allow your staff to converse with clients back and forth via email on anything but totally routine matters. Like, I need this and this from you. And they send it back and say, did you mean you needed the last will and testament of my great-grandfather? No, I needed it of your maternal uncle. I mean, you know, those things are fine. But when it starts getting into other things, in-depth stuff, emails that run on for pages complaining, all these kinds of things, you have to train your staff. You must train them. You do not respond to emails like that. You don't respond to any kind of email that could in any way be misconstrued. You don't answer legal questions. You don't deal with difficult problems. You don't fire anything back in an email that you can't handle with a phone call. If you can pick up the phone and call them, that is what you do. If and when I ever see in my office a long-running email between a client and a staffer where they're going through all this list of problems, my staff fires back another, an answer with more list of problems and another answer, and it goes on and on and on and on. Pages where the staffer in your office is spending hours communicating with this person by email, that is asking for you to get hammered at some point. It is a total waste of time. It is, I mean, it's like these crazy text conversations that probably uh, all of us listening have gotten into where you're talking to a friend, a relative, a spouse, something, and the conversation goes back and forth. And particularly if there's anger on the other side or something, it's, it's a crazy conversation that just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And in the end, you don't even remember what you said to who and when, where. It is asking for disaster. Do not allow your staff to do that. The rule in your office is, if a client sends you an email, you pick up the phone and respond. If they keep sending you emails and it is becoming harassing and ridiculous, you pass it up to the attorney who then calls the person and says, this isn't how we do it. This is what we're doing we can give you a briefing once a month or once every two weeks as to what's going on, but we cannot work this way. We have other cases, other clients. Our policy is our staff is not allowed to answer emails from clients and and to carry on the kind of conversations, nor am I. This is not the way we do it. 
And that's it. Because I'm telling you, the worst thing in the world you can do is document <laughs> malpractice or answering things wrong. And again, somebody can say, you know, is my dog blue? Yes. Yes what? Yes, the dog is blue. You know, I mean, it, it, yes, I was answering three questions before. No, your statute of limitations is not running. Which statute? On the wrongful death or on the personal injury? Uh, yes. I mean, again, that, and what does that do? It documents. It documents in writing your problems. I can't tell you how many criminal cases I've dealt with that would not have been criminal but for the documentation. You know, so again, don't get yourself into the process of documenting or letting your staff document things with difficult clients that you should handle over the telephone. And if you do need to send a letter regarding it, send a letter that's been properly vetted where you answer the questions you want to answer. Now, if you, for some reason, have to respond to an email, you need to. What you need to do is send a completely new email. If somebody asks you a whole long series of questions and you can answer something in a narrative, that's fine. Send a new email with a new subject line to the person and then give them the narrative you need to give them. But do not sit there and respond point to point with a list of questions they have sent you requiring you to spend hours doing this. Don't do it. Don't get yourself into it. You can misread one and answer it wrong. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Now, that caveat being said, don't do the same thing, as I mentioned earlier, with text messages. Don't do that. Don't turn around and not do emails, but do text messages. Don't do that either. I do communicate with a lot of clients with text messages. I let them know new court dates or resolutions of matters, those kinds of things, but stop it there. Don't go further. Call them. It is the best way and it is the least documented way you can do it and you afford yourself many, many more protections when you handle things that way. Lastly, as I said, if you've tried, if you've set up at the very beginning of the case the parameters under which you'll work at the intake, you have dealt effectively with the first outburst by explaining this is not the way you do business. If they don't like it, they can hit the door. You've gotten your staff out of the way in the line of fire with a difficult client. You've reset the boundaries and you've taken over the matter yourself. You've made sure that nobody's responding via email or text, mail, text messages, including you, except for minor things. And if you have to do something via email, it's a narrative that's not tied at all to a previous email, and it's not a response. It's a brand new email. If you've done all those things and you still have a client that is keeping you up at night, that is wearing you out, that is acting as if you are their slave, you're going to have to fire them. And when you fire them, you are nice, you are professional, you tell them that I appreciate the opportunity to have tried to help you, but I am just not the right person. You don't, you do not get into an argument with them over how crazy they are, how demanding they've been, how wrong they are. You just basically say, and maybe there is something you've done wrong. Maybe there was a mistake made in your office by someone. People make mistakes. But again, if it's a situation where you 
cannot represent this person any longer, you need to say, thank you for the opportunity to have helped you. We are having your file copied off-site. We will have it sent to you as soon as it is ready. If they demand to come by and pick it up, you simply tell them, that is not the way we do things. It's at the printers. As soon as it's copied, it will be mailed to you with our final bill or whatever else, and that's it. If they demand money back, you should address it right then. You know, no, we have been paid up to this point. We are refunding no money. Now, under our bar rules, when there is a fee dispute, you have to notify the client, this is in North Carolina, of the fee dispute resolution offered by the bar. You, if your state requires that, and if you have any questions, call your state bar and say, hey, look, I'm having a dispute with a client who wants money back. I don't think they are deserving of it. What do I have to tell them? And again, you can, you can figure that out if it goes that far. But end it cleanly. Don't tell them you think they're a maniac. Just say, thank you for the opportunity to have tried to help you. Sorry this didn't work out. Your file's being copied mailed to you. I wish you the best. And then you're done. You don't get into any arguments. You don't respond to any emails. You don't respond to any bullying. If they show up at your office acting crazy, you call the police. You're done. I sure hope that you don't have any clients this crazy, but it happens to the best of us. Some people cannot be helped. And again, try to figure that out at the beginning of your relationship with them. But sometimes it just doesn't show. They're a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of character, and Mr. Hyde comes out later, and when that or Mrs. Hyde. And when that happens, you just have to deal with it effectively. But always be willing to fire that client. And I do, once a year or so, go to my staff and sit down and say, okay, who is it that's making your life hell? And we go through and we look at the case and we figure out, are they worth the problems they're giving us right now? I had it happen the other day where I had an individual that was getting into a spouse's case and trying to take it over and run it like that person was an attorney. It wasn't even my client. I tried, I spoke with the client, attempted to fix it, explained that I would not deal with the spouse. Then I got another crazy letter that clearly the spouse had written demanding more things, and I called my client up and said, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I've made a copy of your file, and it was a decent case, but... I'm not going to be led around by the nose by someone who's not an attorney who's making my paralegal's life hell and is dangerous in that they can screw up the case and then blame it all on me. We packaged it up, sent it off to them, wished them the best. I never engaged in any more conversation. I was done. You will occasionally have to do that. The sooner you do it, the better. Do not allow it to languish, to drag out. Do it exactly the way that I've told you. And you will effectively deal with that difficult client. If you have questions, problems, concerns, we love to hear from you here at Mastering Law. We do offer, and, and I have helped several of our listeners uh, with problems. We're happy to talk to you about whatever your issues may be with your law practice. If we can consult with you, if we can do training with your staff, uh, with the lawyers in your office, whatever it may be, 
We are so happy to help you. If you want to help us out, ask you to do one thing. Go to iTunes. If you haven't already subscribed, subscribe to our podcast and give us a nice five-star rating. Don't forget, MasteringLaw.com is our website. We are also on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You name it, we are there. We love to hear from you. You know what our numbers are. You can always reach out via telephone at 910-262-7401. That is voice or text, 910-262-7401. And of course, you can find us at MasteringLaw.com and Mastering Law, the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much. God bless you, your family, your staff, and your practice. I'm Tom Goolsby for MasteringLaw.com.